this week has been difficult for some, great for others. I'm just being honest. But I just want to say this about the election. I'm just going to say it. Your kids are watching you. Your grandkids are watching you. Your friends that don't know God are watching you. Friends that do know God are watching you. People you don't know are watching you. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be disappointed. But how we act in that moment, like I talked about last week, is going to speak volumes of how the church is going to be viewed going forward. There's a lot that we carry, and and, we have to remember first. What do we keep saying last week? Who's a child of God? Everybody. So easy to say, but sometimes so difficult to comprehend. But it's true. We are all God's children. So I would just say, just be careful. God is watching. Your kids are watching. Santa may be watching. I don't know. (laughs) But we are representing God to others in every action. Tweets, posts, calls, looks on our face, it all comes together. Thankfully, there's mask mandate. Maybe it was to hide some of this. So we're doing questions from you this month. And I have to say that some of these questions are difficult, so I'm only going to answer the easy ones. I'm kidding. Today's question is this, and it's probably pretty common. If God says he will give us whatever we ask in Jesus' name, then why do we ask and do not receive? My answer is, I don't know. See you next week. No. (laughs) That actually comes from a verse that this person sent me um, from Mark 11, verse 24. It says, therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I'll read that again slowlier. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I have a slide that I'll put up that goes along with that I should have put up first for this uh, series. So here it is. Oh, whoops, that's the wrong one. (laughs) I don't know who put that in there, but thank you. If God says he will give us whatever we ask for in Jesus' name, then why don't we get everything we ask for? And that that verse is pretty, the the actual verse makes sense. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So why don't we get what we ask for? There are many variations of this question, and it's such a great question. So let's talk about this for a moment today. And let me start by saying this. God does not give you everything you ask for. 
Please don't run out the door yet. <laughs> Just stay with me for a moment. For example, if you ask God to allow you to never age, would he do it? No, could he? Yes. What if you said a prayer to God and said, you know what, God? I love you so much. I want to be just like you. I want to be a God. Is he going to answer that? All right. So, of course not. Those are two very extreme examples of what God wouldn't do for us. Um, but besides that, there are other things that God just won't answer for us. Well, just won't say yes to, I should say. In James, I'm sorry, 1 John 5, 15, there's another one that says something similar. It says, and I know, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. It's pretty much the same thing. But sadly, there have been many who claim to know Christ and know God that have tried to tell others that the reason your prayers didn't work was because you just don't have enough faith. Now, it is true that faith is required for prayer. And I remember this vividly. I was prayed over in a, in a Christian school when I was probably in middle school. I had asthma, um, still have it. I just gave you the answer. Mine didn't get answered. <laughs> but I was prayed over for, for asthma when I was young, and, and it was sixth and seventh graders, you know, and it was just a big thing, and everybody's praying over me. And, and like a week later, I'm like, I still have asthma. And, and all these kids, I don't think any of the adults, but all they said, well, it's because you don't believe enough. You must not believe enough. And, and, and that stuck with me. And I started thinking to myself, just by myself, I'm like, but I do. I mean, I'm, I, I searched myself as a, as a seventh grader and thinking, I, I, I believe, I know God, I believe him. I, so it, it really messed me up a little bit. And, you know, does faith matter? Absolutely. The Bible tells us that. The problem is that in some circles, you know, we've turned God into some sort of magical genie that grants every wish if we just believe hard enough. You just got to believe that you believe that you believe, and you got to believe and believe and believe. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's the, that's something wrong when we think that everything we ask of God is going to be a yes. Then when others ask us difficult questions like, why didn't God answer my prayer? We quick, quickly put the blame on the person praying or try to, because it's easier to justify that way. You don't want to have to make excuses for God. You'd rather put the blame on them. Well, you didn't do it right, or maybe you didn't kneel, or what, I don't know, whatever you think. And that's just the wrong way to go about this. Let me be clear that there are reasons why our prayers don't get answered, and some of that does fall on us. It can be for unbelief. Like I said, faith is required. Hebrews 11.6 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It could be unrepentance. You could have a sin right in front of you that you refuse to confess to God. Newsflash, already knows what you're doing, but you refuse to bring it up to him. It could be an unforgiving spirit. How can we expect God to forgive us if we can't forgive others around us? It could be just selfishness. Let me tell you this. If all you do is pray for yourself, you really need to examine that. I guess we could call that narcissistic Christianity. The problem I have, though, is 
It's easier for us as Christians to explain away an unanswered prayer by blaming it on the one who did the praying instead of telling them the truth that God does not always say yes. Let me be more clear. If we try to convince ourselves and others that being a Christian means that all your wants and desires will be granted because you can craft the perfectly worded request to him, then we simply don't understand who God is, so we really need to start this over. Believe it or not, there are more, there's more at stake than our own comfort. There is more at stake than what we think we need. A few years back, there was a man from some town, I forget where, who's, who is completely disliked by his community. Like He was somebody that God had given him a message. I guess you can call him some kind of prophet. And he was just reaching out to the community, just kind of highlighting some things that were wrong. And they didn't like that. There, there was a group of people that really didn't like that. And they tried to get him, you know, arrested many times, and it failed. And then eventually they were able to get him arrested um, just for calling out the injustice that was going on. And when he found out what was going on, he found out there was a warrant out for his arrest. So he did what we would all do. We, would, we got on our knees and prayed and just like, God, you told me to, set, to do this, but now they're going to arrest me. What's going on? So what happened? He got arrested, and he ended up with the death penalty. That person was Jesus Christ. Would any Christian leader today say that Jesus didn't have enough faith when he prayed? Jesus asked the Father to take this suffering from him. He said, I, I want you to take this suffering from me, Father. But he said, not my will but yours. Here's the thing. God answers every prayer. God will answer every prayer. He will hear every prayer. But sometimes the answer is not always yes. And sometimes it's wait. And sometimes it's just a resounding no. I can promise you this. Your prayers are always heard. From 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We know he hears everything we say. That's a verse. That verse is a promise, and it's also a clue of what's embedded in there about what his answer will be according to his will. According to his will. Before Jesus was arrested, he was with his disciples celebrating with his, last his last Passover with them, which we now refer to as the Last Supper. And when he was done with the celebration, we read this in Luke 22. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. This is the key. Jesus said, I want your will to be done, not mine. We are here today in this building with great hope of salvation, with a God that loves us because God an God's answer to his son's prayer that day was no. Think about that for a moment. 
The answer to Jesus was no. That's a big no. That is your only son saying, I don't want to suffer like I know I'm going to suffer because Jesus knew what he was going to suffer. God knew what his son was going to suffer. God had the power and everything that he could to do whatever he wanted in that situation. And he said to his son, no, I can't take that cup from you. God's will takes precedence over everything, even his son. If that doesn't show you how much he loves us, I don't understand how else to communicate that. It's no different for us. Your prayer may be a resounding no, but I can promise you that answer will line up with the perfect will of God. You may not see it at the time, and trust me, I, I understand no is difficult. We could say it could be as something simple as, you know, God, I, I, you know, I, want, I want this. No. Or you're praying for somebody who is dying that you love dearly, and God still takes them. I'm not trying to sugarcoat this for you at all. A no is a difficult thing to hear. But if we really trust God, we understand that it is his will. When we talk about faith and prayer, it usually goes something like this. I've been praying for whatever, fill in the blank, for a long time. I have faith that it will be done. I know it's going to happen. And if the outcome doesn't meet our expectations, we simply say this. Well, I guess this isn't what God wanted for me. But I believe deeply that this is where the faith part of prayer comes in more than ever. We need to have faith that the no is just as powerful as the yes. We are here today worshiping God, talking with God, trusting in God, and we'll spend eternity with God because of God's no to his son who was without sin. Just, just, just dwell on that for a minute, because this really struck me this morning when I was writing this down, and I just couldn't help but think, you know, some people deserve what they get. So you can understand, okay, well, Jesus didn't deserve any of this. He was, he did not sin. You know, when he taught the disciples the Our Father, we talked about that last week, and he said, and it mentioned sin in there. Jesus didn't need to say that. He didn't sin. Jesus was perfect. But that's what it took. And even in his perfectness, and here's where you need to understand that, you know, it's okay to be human in moments like this when you're really struggling and you're crying out to God for a miracle for something and you're weeping. Jesus did the same thing for himself because he knew what was coming. And he, he knew what God's answer was going to be, but even in the human, his human side of him couldn't resist asking just once, God, can you just take this from me? God said no for you and for me. What if, we, what if he would have said yes? So every prayer gets answered. We love it when they get answered the way we think, and we love it when God gives us a thumbs up and a yes. We get sometimes discouraged when, when it's a no, but I'm telling you that that is the biggest no in the world. That biggest no that, that God gave at that point saves all of us. 
I really want you to let that sink in. I, I just couldn't just couldn't get away from that thought this morning, and it's just confounding that it took that powerful of a no in order to save everyone. Sometimes, especially you that are younger, you might be praying for things and just, you know, you're giving it a shot. Well, I gave it a shot, and God never answers my prayer. I'm telling you, God answers always. Your prayers always get answered. Maybe not the way you want, but they always get answered. I want to, as we prepare for communion, we're going to take this together this morning. And um, I'll give you the instructions in a minute on how to uh, finagle these. Interesting. And we, we here at, went at Royal Oak Church, we practice open communion. You don't have to be a member at all to take communion. Um, I guess I will explain it first. Okay, there's a, t- there's a top thing you pull out to take the wafer, and then underneath that, you flip it open to get the juice. So as you're getting that ready, it should just another reminder for you that of the power that came from a prayer request from God's only son that was met with a no. A no can lead to greater faith in God, just like a yes can. When your prayers don't get answered and it's a no, and it's a no or the answer is no, you need to have faith in that answer. You need to have faith that that no is going to lead to something a lot greater than if it was a yes. If, if God's answer to Jesus was yes, I'll spare you that. Jesus would have been spared. We wouldn't be here. We would have no hope of salvation. Taking this communion would be pointless because it would be meaningless if Jesus, if God said yes to Jesus in that moment. A no can lead to greater faith in God, just like a yes can. So this morning, for communion, I want to remember that thought. Jesus had this meal with them before, just before, He was arrested. He knew it was coming, and he wanted them to remember this. And he said to them, listen, I'm not going to be here with you all that much anymore. But I want you to remember me. I want you to remember this by taking a piece of bread that I'm going to break off and give to you. And that made sense. And he handed it to all, and they're like, well, this is weird. But yeah, every time we drink, eat bread, we'll think of you, I guess. We don't know what that means but he broke it on purpose and gave them each a piece of it. And we know now what that signifies. It signifies that his body was crucified for us. His flesh was broken. It was torn. It was ripped for us. So today, as you hold that wafer in in your hand, the reason why this is significant is because God said no to his son. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning. I don't know how you could have said no. But Father, we are just beside ourselves that you did. Because of that answer and because of the obedience of your son, we have the gift of eternal life should we ask for it. And Father, with this wafer that we have that represents the bread, the bread that your son passed around to his followers at a table over 2,000 years ago, Father, we remember the pain. We remember the beating he took. 
and the reason why. Amen. You may take. And likewise, when Jesus was at the table, of course, wine was, was part of the Passover meal. There were multiple cups. And the third cup, I believe, is what he took it out and he said, oh yeah, here's another reminder of me when, when I'm not going to be with you. Um, when you take a drink of this, you'll remember me. And think of it as my blood. And that was odd to them. You know, kind of looks like it. It's not. I promise you this is juice. But he said, this is my blood and it's going to be shed for you. Again, because God said no, we have meaning in this cup of juice today. If there wasn't a no, this would be meaningless. Father, I thank you again for sending your son, for giving him a task that is bewildering to us, Father seems impossible we, we don't understand all that we know is because of what your son did for us we will see you again and father we also are burdened to tell others about you so that they may be reunited, reunited with you as well father we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name amen go ahead and take us in prayer today, and I want to read a verse first. It's in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, and it's pretty relevant to today. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Let's pray. Father, I pray for, for our nation right now and what's, what's going on, the division that's there, the fears, the unknowns, the knowns. Father, I pray that as Christians, Father, we stand up and we embrace your children. Father, I pray that you bring light to the darkness. And Father, that you use us as that light to draw people to you. Father, I pray that you guard our hearts because the enemy is very provoking these days. And Lord, we trust you above all kings on this earth. Father, we trust you against, uh, with all authority on this earth. Father, we don't trust in man. We trust only in you. And Father, I pray that as we leave today, as we head out, as we walk out into still some things that are unknown, that you just bring just a peace 
that surpasses all of our understanding, Father. A calmness, just let it float over this community and let it spread forth. Father, we pray for our leaders in this nation, the leaders that we have now, the leaders that we will have. Father, that you would go ahead of them, Father, that you would bring people into their lives that can change because we have changed. Some of us know who we were before. We know that the change was not through our power, but through yours. And Father, we just pray a blessing over this nation and guard our hearts, Father. We love you and we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming today. I appreciate you being here. I hope you have a good day and be careful.